AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. My colleague won't stop commenting on everything I eat. My assistant rolls his eyes at people and meet it. Why does my coworker keep taking credit for all my ideas? Have any wisdom for me? Hi, I'm Allison Green. Welcome to the Ask a Manager podcast, where I answer questions from listeners about life at work. Everything from what to say if you're allergic to your coworker's perfume to what to do if you drank too much at the company party. Let's get started. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is all about holidays at work. We've got questions from people about office parties and gift giving, and we've got some funny stories from people about ways that their office holiday celebrations went terribly wrong. Let's start with one of the questions that I get asked the most at this time of year about getting a gift for your boss. Hi, Allison. I started a new job a few months ago, and I reported to my manager, but I also work a lot with his manager. I want to get them both small holiday gifts, but I don't know either of them super well yet, so I'm not sure what to get them. Is it too impersonal to get them boxes of Godiva chocolates? Also, I tried to answer this question myself by looking at articles online, and I found some that said it's actually inappropriate to gift up, so I was wondering if I should even be getting them holiday gifts at all. Thank you. So in general, the etiquette rule about giving gifts at work is that gifts can flow downward, not upward, meaning that your boss can give you a gift, but you and your coworkers shouldn't give presents to your boss. And that is because of the power dynamics and the pay discrepancies that are inherent in that boss-employee relationship. The idea is that otherwise, an employee might feel pressured to purchase gifts for a manager, and it's pretty unseemly for managers to benefit from power dynamics that way. 
Now that said, there are definitely offices that ignore that rule and where gifts to the boss are pretty common, but you'd want to find out what the culture is in your office. You definitely don't want to be the person who starts giving gifts to your manager if that's not a thing that's done there, because it's going to put pressure on other people to do it too. And once you start, it can feel awkward stopping in later years. But really, in most offices, there's zero obligation to give a gift to your boss. If you want to bring in baked goods for everyone to share, that's totally fine. If you want to do cards, that's fine. But if you can, stay away from doing an individual gift to your manager. Because even if you are totally fine with it, it's bad for your coworkers. And it's bad for your boss, too, because it can put them in an awkward position. Your gift to your boss can just be doing a great job throughout the year and being easy to manage, and that really is enough. But okay, that's where your boss is concerned. What about gifts for coworkers who are not your boss? Hi, Allison. I worked in an office of about 30 people. I would say that I'm of various levels of friends with 50 people, and with the holidays coming up, I would like to get my friends gifts. Um, now, I know that obviously it's not a good idea to do public gift giving if you don't have something to give everybody, um, but my greater concern is that of the people I'm friends with, some of them I ha- can afford to get gifts who are closer to me and others who I would still consider my friends, myself friends with, I can't. Um, Now, I'm happy to give my friends gifts on private time. However, I still feel that there might be some residual awkwardness by them saying, oh, Stacy got me this gift to somebody else who also thinks they are friends with me, and then thinking, why didn't Stacy get me a gift? Can I just lay off the gift giving altogether? Yeah, in general, if you are going to give gifts to coworkers, you should either do it for everyone who's in a similar circle, meaning everyone on your team or everyone you work closely with or all the assistants. It's the same advice that you often hear about who to invite to your wedding. People will say, treat people who are in the same circle the same. Meaning with your wedding, if you're inviting a couple of cousins, you should invite all the cousins so that people aren't offended or hurt. It's the same thing here. Don't pick and choose among people who are sort of similarly situated to you. That said, if you're just going to give one or two or maybe three gifts to people who you're especially close with, that's fine. As long as it's not like three people in a four-person department, so you're leaving one person out. In other words, just think about how it's likely to land with the people who are not getting gifts and don't leave out just a couple of people. And if that is all feeling just too complicated, then I think that is a sign to skip the gifts, stick with cards, stick with baked goods for everyone, or something like that. Ultimately, though, these are work relationships rather than social relationships. And so you've got to consider the way it could impact other work relationships, too. So even if you might like to give a gift to your coworker who you're pretty good friends with, that potentially could be trumped by the weirdness or the awkwardness or hurt feelings that it could create with other people. So just look at the whole landscape. Make sure you're not creating a situation where people are going to feel left out. If you think they might, alter your plans. Okay. In addition to holiday gift giving at work, there are a lot of office parties at this time of year, and they can be full of weirdness. Here is one caller's story about her office Christmas party. 
Hi, Allison. I wanted to share a funny and awkward company Christmas party story with you. My organization hosts an annual Christmas party where staff, spouses, volunteers, and board members are all invited. We get an email sent out when tickets are available so that we know when to go ahead and get them. A few years ago, one of the board members accidentally hit reply all to the ticket announcement email and asked the organizer to ensure that he wasn't seated with our volunteer firefighters since he was stuck at their table the year before and none of them wanted to talk to him. Within a minute, someone else had hit reply all again, saying that he would be honored to be seated with those firefighters as they're willing to risk their lives to keep our community safe. A few other emails went flying back and forth congratulating the firefighters for their hard work, and the board member soon sent out an apology email. To make things even more awkward, one of the people making a speech at the company Christmas party did take a few minutes to commend our volunteer firefighters. I'm sure the board member couldn't have looked any more comfortable as the rest of the room toasted them. I'm looking forward to seeing what our party has in store for us this year, and thank you so much for compiling these. They're going to be fun to read and hear. Thank you. Bye. Oh my goodness. Accidental use of reply all has caused so many problems, and yet I would never want to get rid of it because I cherish these stories. Well, companies do a lot of weird things with their holiday parties, and one of those weird things is making employees pay to attend. Now, to be fair, there are some employers that have no choice in that regard. If you work for the government, you're generally not allowed to pay for parties with taxpayers' money, for example. But private employers who don't have those same restrictions sometimes do it too. And that is this caller situation. I'm a care worker for adults with learning disabilities from the UK. It is approaching Christmas and my manager has organized a Christmas meal at a restaurant, which will be for both staff and the adults we support. All of the people we support will be attending, along with their support workers who are on shift that day. There is also the expectation that those who are not on shift will be attending as well. This is not a well-paying job, and our management team will not be subsidising this meal. Those on shift who attend are expected to eat at the restaurant with the people we support to be social and will pay at their own expense. Practically speaking, all those attending, whether on the clock or not, will unavoidably end up taking care of the people we support. So all the staff will effectively be doing work, only some won't be getting paid for their time. I don't have a huge income, and normally meals out are not within my budget. Am I right in thinking that this is an unfair expectation? Yeah, it's one thing to say, hey, our Christmas party is really more for our clients than it is for staff. That's totally fine. But in that case, it's a work expense, and the company should be covering it. Asking people to pay for their meal when they're expected to do work that is contributing to the company's mission really isn't okay. The company should be covering those costs. Let's go to a break, and then we'll come back with some office holiday party stories. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, 
Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, Mike. Husband is at a small, medium, maybe 100 people, decent amount of people remote um, size tech company, and they are having a Thanksgiving potluck. I volunteered to help out, and on the sign-up sheet, you know, plenty of people had sign-up for stuffing, potatoes, cranberry sauce, etc. And the three spots for whole cooked turkey were blank. I love cooking turkey, so I signed up immediately. But personally, I think asking employees to bring in whole cooked turkeys is a bit much. Should I point out to him that whole cooked turkeys are a thing that is possible for the company to purchase from a restaurant or whatever, and that the company should just provide these while employees provide the other items? Uh, he's got a decent amount of sway in the company, so he would be an appropriate person to raise this issue. Or should I just say, okay, well, this is possibly an employee planned thing. Employees suggested they bring their own turkeys. This is fine. I don't know. What should I do? Who should provide the whole cooked turkeys for the company potluck is the question. Yeah, it's one thing to ask people to contribute to a potluck with the usual kind of thing that you mentioned, cranberry sauce, soda, napkins, etc., But asking employees to cook an entire turkey is a pretty big deal. And ideally, if there is a particularly expensive component of the meal like that, the company would provide it. That said, because it's your husband's company and not yours, I mean, you might point out to him, hmm, this is kind of weird. It's it's surprising that your employer isn't providing this. But I don't think you really need to push it. It's kind of his thing to handle. I actually got an update from this caller the next day. And here is how her situation turned out. I've got an update for the should coworkers bring turkey to a potluck question. 
The next day after I asked the question, HR sent out an email saying they would be providing the turkey. Um, the company did provide a bunch of food for the potluck. It wasn't only potluck, which is great because it's a big company. And I am an example of why you shouldn't have employees bring turkeys. Because um, I was planning on still making one and bringing it in. The oven I was planning to use ended up not working. I desawed the wrong turkey, so it was too big and didn't desaw in time. And yeah, Thanksgiving potluck could have been ruined if coworkers were in charge of all this and the company wasn't just providing things. So my vote is the company should have the turkey as they did. And it worked out and it was delicious. Speaking of enormous meat dishes at the company party, here is a caller who has a thing or two to say about that. Hi, Allison. So I worked for a small company that prided itself on their holiday parties. I mean, these things were big for an under 100-person company, renting out an entire high-end restaurant in D.C., an open bar, unlimited food, nearly black tie, honestly. The company was very concerned with this imagery and wanted to present a, a super slick, downtown, savvy sort of vibe. This was evident in everything that they did. After I'd been there for a little while, the owners decided to sell it to a new company that was more laid back and casual, less concerned with image, and hadn't really done the whole holiday party thing before, especially because the acquiring company was spread out in different offices around the country. Anyway, I corresponded with the social chair to confirm that they would have food for vegetarians. It had never been a problem before. They always had one or two items. And the restaurants were always willing. Um, I, actually, at one party, a restaurant custom made me something to eat because I was the only vegetarian at the time. So the new company, through their holiday party, there was, you had to RSVP to come. And uh, there were drink tickets that you had to pick up. You got two free drinks and then everything else you had to pay for out of pocket. Uh, and there was food. They did rent out a bar. It was a very, very small bar. It had two floors and a capacity of probably... I would say maybe comfortably 50 people, over 125 people were crammed into this place. And not only that, but there was all meat. Everything that they had to eat was meat. And when you walked up the stairs to get to where the meat was, there was just a whole pig sitting on a table. I mean, a cooked pig, but it was a little nauseating. Um, I'm sure that you know some people are really into that, but um, if you're not expecting it, it's really off-putting. But there was literally nothing for vegetarians to eat, or anyone you know who might be halal or kosher, or you know had any sort of dietary restrictions. My partner and I went, and we had a horrible time. We could not move around. We could not have anything to eat. And uh, we ended up leaving after about 20 minutes or so. It was probably the worst and most isolating event I'd ever been to. Companies really have to think about this. You know, you probably have vegetarians on your staff. You might have people who aren't eating meat for religious or ethical or dietary reasons, and you've got to provide a range of options. A meat-only meal is not cool. And in this day and age, it's just silly not to take that into account. The same thing goes, actually, for companies that still do that traditional thing of giving employees a turkey or a ham for a Christmas gift. That is not going to be an inclusive gift for a lot of your employees. And really, give people what they want, which is money or more time off. Here's another caller with another question about a company holiday party. Hi, Allison. Um, so my question is this. 
Uh, for several decades, my employer held a holiday party in the office on a December Friday evening, and employees were allowed to bring anyone they liked, friends, families, significant others. It was sort of a casual open house type of event for all ages. There were drinks, lots of food, caroling, some holiday-themed activities for the kids. We have a warm and collegial company culture, so former employees often return for the party as well. It was a nice time for everyone to catch up with each other. As a childless and usually single person, I would often invite my my sister or a friend to join me so I wasn't alone at the party. Two years ago, some minor property damage occurred in the waning hours of the party. One of the glass doors in the office was cracked and had to be replaced. I don't know the exact details of what went down, but the damage was done by a former employee who'd returned to the party after he got into an argument with someone. In response to this, the party was moved off-site the following year, and employees were restricted to only bringing significant others and children. I understand that they want to maintain more control over the guest list in light of what happened, but as a single person, I feel that this is not an inclusive policy. I'd like the opportunity to bring a guest and not have it assumed that that guest is my romantic partner. Do I have a leg to stand on here? And if so, how do I address this with my employer? Well, it's definitely not unusual for companies to restrict plus ones to significant others and sometimes to kids. The idea behind it is that etiquette has long treated married couples and and now other significant others as well as a social unit. So they're invited to social events as a unit. The idea isn't bring any plus one you want. The idea is supposed to be, we're not going to ask you to leave out a spouse or a spouse equivalent during this non-work hours social event. And in your company's case, they're expanding that to include kids as well. So I don't think it's terribly offensive. There's a logic to what they're doing, and it is grounded in traditional etiquette. But that doesn't mean that you can't suggest that they rethink it. You could point out that it would be nice for people without partners and kids to be able to bring a guest as well and ask if they would be open to reconsidering. They might budge, they might not, but it's a reasonable thing to ask about. And if you get some of your coworkers to make the request along with you, that might put a little more pressure on them to say yes. I will say, though, that company parties are generally not a ton of fun for the plus ones who don't work there. And ultimately, they are intended to be events that build your social bonds with your coworkers. So if your company doesn't budge, I don't think they're being monsters, but I do think it's definitely a reasonable thing that you could ask about. Here is a caller with a story about some memorable bad behavior at a company holiday party. I was my ex's date at this Christmas party a lifetime ago. One of the middle-aged hotshot sales team members showed up at the party with a scantily clad young woman who was obviously not his wife. And this couple made a spectacle of themselves by drinking to excess, being obnoxiously loud, and displaying horrifying graphic levels of PDA. Someone did say something to the sales guy, and he managed to bring things down a few notches, and we moved on with our evening. Sales guy and his day were obviously pouting after being told off, and they eventually brought their energy levels back up as the night went on. The lights turned on as the night was winding down, and people were milling about waiting for their various methods of transportation, and sales guy said something to his date that upset her greatly. She then cornered the sales guy and loudly began issuing threats and almost ending each statement with gems like, I think your boss would like to know this, wouldn't he, Mr. Nose Candy? And they sure would like to find out how you got dirty knees and a dusty lip, wouldn't they, Mr.? And insert homosexual slur here. There wasn't a single head that wasn't turned in their direction, and almost everybody was standing there in open-mouthed disbelief. 
We left before the end of this tirade, and I was told sales guy was fired the following week when he finally showed up for work. Shocking. Wow. (laughs) Yes. It is weird how often people forget that work parties are still work events and you need to exercise some judgment about what you do there. And that extends to your date too. It is generally not a good idea to bring a date who you don't trust to not have a meltdown and cause a scene. I would love to hear sometime from someone who was the date to someone else's company holiday party and caused a scene. Why do I never get those calls? Okay, after the short break, I'm going to be right back with more stories from callers. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, Ask a Manager. I'm calling about a scene from an amazing Christmas potluck a few years ago. I was working at an academic department where there was just really low morale. One thing that had really got my goat is that my boss often brought in her middle school age son, and I was expected to help him with his homework, even though I was in uh, not that line of work. He was a good kid, but um, he was around a lot, and it seems odd to um, have him so involved or have us so involved in his homework. So at Christmas time, uh, this boss had organized a holiday uh, lunch potluck, and we were all sort of milling about, wishing we could go back to our desks when she brought up the karaoke. And uh, this wasn't the kind of office where people were going to sing along, except for her son, who was there. And so we all got to stand around and watch this kid sing uh, Little Drummer Boy and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Here Comes Santa Claus for about an hour. Um, I have to say... uh, 
it it wasn't the worst holiday party I've ever been to. Like this added element of the child singing added a sort of surreal quality that ended up sort of looping the whole thing back to being kind of fun. Uh, anyway, uh, I ended up uh, meeting my husband at that job. Uh, we started dating a few months after this holiday party. And so it's nice to have someone who remembers this experience, experience and uh, can reflect on it with great nostalgia with me. That sounds amazing. I don't know about other people, but I think this kind of weirdness at a party makes it all the better. I really wanted a couple of things to go a little bit wrong at my wedding, actually, <laughs> which no one ever says, but I feel like that's where the best stories come from and that's what people remember. But not all office holiday stories are funny. And here is a caller who had a pretty infuriating and ridiculous experience with holidays at work. Hi. So uh, this happened to me uh, a couple of jobs ago, maybe about 10 years ago. Um, I was working with a guy who was very decidedly Christian and very obviously Christian. He wore this big giant gold cross around his neck, which he constantly was adjusting to make sure everyone could see it. Now, I'm not Christian. I'm Jewish. But I mean, I didn't let it bother me because it didn't affect how I did my job. Um, I could just ignore it when I interacted with him. So whatever. He, he could wear whatever he wants, right? Well, then the holidays ran around. And, of course, the first thing he does is going over the top decorating his cubicle. I mean, a full-size crush, a giant Santa, a medium-sized Christmas tree with all the trimmings. And again, you know, this doesn't bother me. It's his cubie. I don't have to look at it, whatever. But I decided I kind of wanted to get into the spirit, too. So I brought into work two little magnets. Uh, one of them was a dreidel, was about two inches big, and one of them was uh, Hanukkah, the candelabra for Hanukkah. That was about one inch. It was really small. And I just put them up on the inside of my wall, and you'd have to actually come into my cubie to see it. But anyway, uh, he decided that he didn't like this, and he complained to HR that uh, I was making him feel uncomfortable. And so I then received a call directly from HR demanding that I immediately take my magnets down or face disciplinary action. Now, of course, I asked and they said, no, he can keep all the decorations he wants, even if it made me feel uncomfortable. And when I asked why, they didn't give me an explanation. They just said, this is our decree, basically. And it was annoying and discriminatory, but again, it didn't matter as much to me. So I just took my magnets down and went along my merry way. Then the day before Christmas rolled around, and I put on my desk two bowls. I put a bowl full of dreidels and a bowl full of gelt, which is those little chocolate coins. And anyone who wanted to have one could just help themselves to either or both or whatever. And, uh, of course, this resulted in another call from HR to go in and talk with them. And he had told them that I had religious items on my desk that I was forcing him to interact with, which made him extremely uncomfortable, which obviously wasn't true. They were discreetly placed. They Nobody had to touch them. I didn't give them to anybody. You could come and get them. But, of course, that's what he told HR. So I was immediately written up. They didn't even give me a chance to give my side of the story or say, hey, what is the company policy or anything? They just said, you're getting written up. Uh, you have to remove them immediately. And I got a lecture about not being a team player. And uh, yeah, by the time I got back to my desk, he had given his Christmas presents to everyone on the team and mine was on my desk. 
which just happened to be this giant mug with Christian symbols all over it. After that, I really didn't hang around for very long. The business was a secular business, no ties to any type of religious organization like, say, Catholic social services would or something. So it, I don't know, it to me felt very inappropriate. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't stay there very long. I mean, now I realize that it was religious discrimination and it was probably a really bad move on HR's part. And I know what I would do. But back then, I really didn't do do as much as I think I should have. And to this day, I mean, it's been 10 years. But to this day, every time the holidays roll, roll around, I get really tense at work because I am concerned about this happening again. Thanks. Oh, I'm so sorry you had that experience. That is not okay at all and not legal either, assuming you're here in the U.S. It's weird that HR didn't talk to you about your side of the story and wasn't concerned about what this guy was doing himself. Just to be clear for people listening, employers don't have to let people decorate their workspaces, but if they do allow it, they can't pick and choose and say, it's okay for this religious holiday, but not for this other religion, because that is religious discrimination and it's illegal under federal law. And so it's crazy that they handled it this way. If anyone is ever in a situation like that, point out to your employer that they are running afoul of federal laws against religious discrimination at work. It should be obvious to people who work in HR, you would think, but it isn't always. Speaking of things that are inappropriate for work, here is our next caller. Hi, Allison. Um, It's coming up on the holiday season, and I wanted to get your advice on something that happened last week. I was in a colleague's office and we were chatting about picking out the Christmas tree and other holiday decorations that we normally put up around the office. She and another coworker brought up kissing balls. They said that the place that they normally go to get the office Christmas tree sells gorgeous kissing balls made out of mistletoe, and they wanted to get one for the office. I stayed silent on the subject, but I feel like kissing balls and mistletoe in general are inappropriate in the workplace. Should I have pointed that out? Am I just being a prude? I tend to be more tightly laced than my coworkers, and they are both members of the executive team. I'm not. How should I have handled this? You are not being a prude. Things like mistletoe or kissing balls, where the whole point is that now you're supposed to kiss, are totally inappropriate for work. And I would think that at this particular time in our history, companies would be especially attuned to that, but apparently not. So yeah, ideally when your coworker brought it up, you could have said something like, You know, I think that would be fine for a social party outside of work, but for a work party, it's going to look inappropriate to have mistletoe. Now, that assumes that they were hanging it the way that you hang mistletoe when it's intended to be like a kissing station. God, even just saying that really highlights how weird that tradition is, doesn't it? But if they were just using it as a non-kissing related part of the decor, like as part of a larger garland or something. I wouldn't worry about that. But if they're using it as like kissing happens here, then yeah, speak up. Here's one more caller. This one sharing the best thing they've ever seen their company do for the holidays and the worst. I am calling with my best and worst for Christmas parties. My worst is for our Christmas party this year, Our boss gave us tickets to a local production of a Christmas play with a small cocktail party beforehand. Come to find out, he's in the play, got the tickets for free, and the cocktail hour is hosted by the theater. Most of the staff declined. My best is not actually a party, but the company I worked for 
For almost a decade, David Christmas bonus equivalent to one paycheck, whether you were salary or hourly. I've never worked for a company before or since that was that generous. That is the way to celebrate holidays at work. Everyone likes money and it tends to give people a lot of holiday cheer. Well, that is our show for today. Happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Thanks for listening to the Ask a Manager podcast. If you'd like to come on the show to talk through your own question, email it to podcast at askamanager.org, or you can leave a recording of your question by calling 855-426-WORK. That's 855-426-9675. You can get more Ask a Manager at askamanager.org or in my book, Ask a Manager, How to Navigate Clueless Colleagues, Lunch-Stealing Bosses, and the Rest of Your Life at Work. The Ask a Manager show is a partnership with How Stuff Works and is produced by Paul Deccan. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. I'm Allison Green, and I'll be back next week with another one of your questions. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.